This is the First String Podcast with your hosts, Brandon and Sean Eaton. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the First String Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Eaton, and I have my brother here, Sean, with me as usual, tuning in. We got a great show here for today. It's actually a continuation of the one that we had before, uh, and we uh talking about one of our favorite subjects here. Fantasy football. Fantasy football. You know, our draft is coming up. Um, we're not in that league that we were talking about, but we are in another league that we've had going for a little while. And um, I'm just going to ask you a question right off the bat. Let's say hypothetically. Yeah. You have, the, you have the first overall pick. Yeah, it just so happens I do. <laughs> so... Who who is your guy? Who is your guy? And and you know I know there's PPR, there's non PPR. We're we're gonna go with the PPR because that's what we're in. Um, it's actually I think it's what a half a point. No, it's full. It is a full. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's, speaking of that, I I am a big PPR guy. I I don't like playing in non PPR leagues. I just I, I like the fact that you have to factor that into your decision. It just makes it a lot like that one one extra element that you have to consider. I, I think PPR is better. Personal, so, preference. Okay, so I, I get that. My opinion is this. I think a full point per reception is too much. And and the reason I say that is because you'll have a guy like um, Adrian Peterson in his prime. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he'll run for 140 yards and a touchdown. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then you got a guy like, and then you got a, and no catches. And then you got a guy like, uh, you know, third down back. We'll say Chris Thompson. Okay. You got a guy like Chris Thompson. Yep. And he didn't get a single carry. No carries. Yeah, I think James White would be a better example. Okay, we'll say James White. We'll say James White. I mean, any third down back, any third down guy, any guy that's, you know, comes in to, you know, catch balls out of the backfield on third down. Yep. And, you know, they have six catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. Uh-huh. They outscored Adrian Peterson, who ran for 140 yards. Yeah, that, I like that. I like that you have to take that into consideration. Like, you need Adrian Peterson in his prime wouldn't be the the number one option. It would be Marshall Falk. You know what I mean? Like, it's the guy who. Well, but that's the difference, though. Marshall yeah, but, and runs the ball. But like, Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk also ran the living shit out of the ball. Right. So, you need a guy that does both. You need a Kamara. You need a Zeke. You need a Saquon. Like, that's. That's what you are looking for. You need a guy who can have 80 catches and still run the shootout of the football and have 15 touchdowns. But those guys are so few and far between. I like, I do like PPR because I feel like PPR um, helps the running back position um, because without, if you had zero points per reception, then, you know, you got the running back position being such a freaking barren wasteland of shit. Um, Whereas, oh yeah, it makes it deeper. It does. It, it makes, makes it much deeper. But it makes James White a valuable option. It where does. If it was a normal league, he would be nothing. But I feel like it overvalues guys like James White. 
a full point. I, I feel like a half point is that's, I feel like that's the, that's the middle, the, 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 that, you know, the, the good not. ground there. I feel like a half point is going to make it. So James White's not worth more than Adrian Peterson, right? but he's still a valuable asset. Yeah. Oh, no, I can see that. I mean, that, that's probably a good compromise between the two leagues is, is just go half a point. Yeah. And that's what I thought this league was. I feel like the, I feel like last year, no, not last year. I think the year before that it was a half a point. Maybe I'm, Maybe I looked at it wrong, but I do think it's a full point. Okay. So who are you, who are you going with with your first pick? I mean, you can tell me, obviously, because it's not like I can steal him. Yeah, well, I I talked to Tony. He's got the number two pick, and he asked me the same question. And I I am going to go with Saquon if Zeke doesn't get signed. So if Zeke gets signed, you're going with Zeke? Yes. So you think that if they both play a full 16-game season, uh-huh. you think that Zeke is going to have more points than Saquon? Yeah, I think so. And that's based on? That's based uh, from a few factors. Number one, uh, offensive line. The Cowboys is way better. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, I think that the Cowboys are going to have the lead often which means they're going to run the ball in the fourth quarter, and that's when Zeke gets so many of his yards. Yep. I think that Zeke is extremely good out of the backfield, catching the ball. He can run wheel routes. He can run a go route. He can do anything. He's excellent in the screen game. Last year he had 75 catches. I think that he is in a great spot for them to use the crap out of him. One thing I am cautious about, though, is they do really like Pollard, and I think they're going to use him more than they've used other number two running backs on the team. Yeah. But I, I think that like, Zeke is just such a talent, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think Zeke's great. I definitely think, um, in my opinion, I think Saquon Barkley is the better of the two. Um, I do. Oh, don't get me wrong. I think Saquon is the most talented running back in the league, but he doesn't have the line that Zeke does. Like you have to factor those things into it. He's, they're probably not going to be playing with a lead. But he and, catches the ball too. I mean, when they're—that's the big thing with him, him. Is it doesn't really matter if they have a lead or if they're behind. And actually, it might be better if they're behind because yeah. he's their that's best receiver. He's that's their best point. receiver. You know, like he's going to be their go-to receiver, and their, he's yeah, he's basically he David the, Johnson from two years ago. Yeah, he's their offense. Yeah, but I mean, you you're also going to have to know that other teams aren't like there's not an Odell Beckham to keep them honest. Like they're gonna they're gonna double team them. They're gonna stack the box, nine people in the box, and and make Eli try to beat them. So I think that. Yeah, Barkley is more talented. Yeah, he'll probably have more catches. But I, to me, Zeke is a better play. And I will take Zeke if he gets signed. It's good to know. So that was probably music to Tony's ears. And Tony is probably r- really hoping that Zeke gets signed because I guarantee you he wants Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah. He, he did say he would definitely take Saquon if, if I pass on him. But. So who, who did he tell you that he would take if you took Saquon? He said Kamara. Oh, he'd go with Kamara? Yeah, I, I I don't agree with that. I like McCaffrey better than Kamara. 
I think McCaffrey's the I think McCaffrey's the only other guy that could challenge, you know, besides Zeke. I'm taking him out of the equation because he's not an active player right now. Right. Um besides Zeke, I think I think that McCaffrey's the only other guy that could challenge Saquon for that title because yeah. he's it's a very similar situation there. And the reason why I actually like McCaffrey a little bit more um, is because of the mobility of Cam Newton and the fact that mobile quarterbacks really open up holes for running backs because you have that whole read option. You have that. Yeah. They have to to honor him going around the corner. They do. And that, you know, that just delays the linebackers just a little bit. And that's all you need, especially when you have a guy that's quick like him, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that. Because that also helps me saying Zeke is a better option because Dak's good going around the corner too. You know, he's he has six, seven rushing touchdowns doing that same thing. Everyone's crashing down on Zeke and he just sneaks it around. So it's true. that's one thing that they have to honor. So we we got the number one pick uh, handled here. I'm not even going to talk about my pick because it's – Where are you? You're like 10? I, I think I'm nine. Eight or, Dude, I I would almost much rather be oh I would be six I, seven eight than than one. I would rather like, I would yeah, rather be nine. I I'd, I'd rather be nine than one to be honest because um what's really tough is that whole you know waiting for it all to come back around where your second round pick is practically a third round pick and yeah. I mean I do like the stacked picks. Um I do yeah. like being on one of the ends. I would actually prefer to have the last pick overall than the first pick overall. Yeah, my my draft I already did. Um, I had the 12th pick and I, I really like my team. Yeah. I, I like it. Um, yeah. and, and in that league, uh, that we were talking about earlier, that's been going on for the past 25 plus years. Um, in that league, your draft position is determined by how you finished in the previous year. So obviously with me winning a lot of times, I had the last pick a lot of times and obviously I kept, I, you know, I repeat with that. And um, there was actually one year. So the, the rules in that league is if somebody drops out and there's a new team that's coming in, um, then you can you, – it's, it's, it's not stacked based on, you know, you finished last, you get the first pick. It's you get your, the first option. So you can choose what pick you want. And right. usually it goes in order. Um, but for me, there was two new, two new managers in that league, and I was the champion, you know, coming back. And it was my turn to pick, and there were still two other people. Um, I could have been in front of them, but I chose to take the last pick instead of, you know, instead of uh, the tenth pick, which I could right. I could have had because I like having two picks in a row. You know, yeah. no one's going to steal your guy when you got two. Right. So. Yeah, but I mean, the the one thing about that is you also have to look who in the next twenty four picks am I not going to get, or who am I going to hope falls? That's like at 20 right that someone else isn't going to be high on and you are that you really want like you have to factor that into your decision with that that third round pick because it's so far before your next pick yep so i mean it, it does make it a little bit harder that way you so, kind of gotta plan ahead and hope oh i hope this guy falls or oh i hope he sneaks through the cracks or else you or you have to reach a little bit which you never really want to do so it's funny that you bring that up because um, in that same league we were talking about, uh, 
not last year because I won it last year, but the year before that is the one year where I didn't place. That was the year I was I was in the bottom half. Um, and there was a guy that was a new guy that that year, um, and he finished. Um, he actually he, he actually beat me. He finished uh, he finished one uh, one spot ahead of me. So I knew that I had a choice as to where I was going to pick before him, and I knew I wanted Zeke. That's who I wanted. So I went through and I'm like, all right, well, this person's going to take this person. This person's going to take this person. Where do I have to be to get Zeke? And then I knew that that guy would take the spot ahead of me. And I knew for a fact he was going to pick Le'Veon Bell. I yeah. knew for a fact. So I let him go ahead of me. And I took the, the pick after that. So I think I was fifth overall. And sure enough, he took Le'Veon Bell. And I got, I got Zeke with the fifth overall pick. And I won it, so that, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's because people who pick Zeke win leagues. Yeah, well, yeah. So maybe you'll pick Zeke. I hope you don't pick Zeke because I don't want Tony having Saquon Barkley. <laughs> you know what I want? Yeah. Tony, I want Tony to be in last place. That's what yeah. I want. Yeah. So he's. Uh, I I think he'll take Kamara. Like I said, if, if I end up going with Barkley, so I mean. We have until Monday, which means Zeke, you're on the clock, Mister. Yeah, I hope you take Barkley because I don't want Tony having him. It's it's one it's a Browns situation. You're you're the Browns, okay? Don't don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. <laughs> take, mean, just I take Barkley this time, bro. I don't think taking Zeke is screwing it up. No, don't just take Barkley. Yeah, well, I mean, taking Baker wasn't screwing it up either. Hey, the, yeah, but no one liked that pick at the time either, did they? I just. I just don't want Tony having Barkley, man. I don't want Tony having Barkley because I know Barkley's going to ball out, and I don't want. To, I just want Tony to suck. <laughs> I mean, I he talks so much shit. Year. He talks so much shit. Yeah, he does. All right, let's talk about some sleepers here because this is this is everybody's favorite category. Yeah. Um, this time of year, and and I and I like the fact. You know, I like the prediction thing. I want to I want to make predictions now before the season starts because uh-huh. then we can look back on it and be like, you know what? I was right about that freaking dude. No one was talking about that dude, and I was talking about him. And now you all yeah. know who he is. So, do you have a couple guys like that? I do. I have. Uh, a we'll receiver. go every other. We'll go every other. I have a receiver and quarterback. All right. I, I, <laughs> I have a receiver. Um, who? He, I mean. He's well-known because he was drafted high, but he his first year is kind of hurt. Last year, he did pretty good, but I really think he's going to explode this year. I think I know who you're going with. Who is it? Mike Williams? Yep, Mike Williams. Yep. Yeah, I think that he. this is going to be the year where he really breaks out and becomes an elite receiver. I mean, he, he has an elite receiver on the other side of him, which is going to help him. Right. And it's the Phillip it's Rivers. the juju it's the juju effect, right? Exactly, and and look what that did, you know. Yep, like, he's a beast, and I think Mike Williams is supremely talented. Like he runs a four four, he's six five two thirty, like he's a monster. I think that this is Mike Williams' year to break out. Yeah, how about you? Who's your receiver? I think that's a great pick. Um, I went a little deeper. Um, I went a lot deeper actually, because um, my you know my favorite thing is pulling guys out of obscurity that nobody know about, and I think uh, there's a guy, and this is this is where I was saying earlier that uh, you know I'm going to be called a homer, but um, oh boy. 
there's a guy that I think is going to make some waves. Now, I don't think he's going to be a, you know, wide receiver number one for fantasy purposes. That's not what I'm saying. He's not going to be, he's not going to be, you know, Devonte Adams. He's not going to be, you know, Julio Jones. He's not going to be one of those guys, but I do think he's going to be relevant in fantasy. I think, I think he's going to be a viable wide receiver three for fantasy. Um, Especially in PPR. Is especially in PPR. Um, and it's Terry McLaurin for the Redskins. Terry McLaurin has been tearing it up so much that this dude's a rookie. Okay. He's a rookie. He's never played a game in the NFL. Yep. But he's been tearing it up so much in camp that he's played like three snaps in the preseason. Huh? Oh, yeah. They're not playing him. They're not playing him in the preseason. Yeah, they don't want anyone to see. Exactly. They don't want anybody to see. They don't want to they don't want to risk it. The dude has been lighting it up. It's it's you know, everybody on their roster when they're asked, you know, who's been who stood out in camp? Oh, Terry McLaurin. Who stood out in camp? Oh, Terry McLaurin. And you know, that that position in that on that team is it's it's up for grabs. Um oh, yeah. I think Josh Doxon's on his way out. I feel like if if um I think they're gonna cut him. If they don't, yeah, I do too. I, I think if they don't find a trade partner, and I hope they do because, you know, I'd rather have a six-round pick than just cut the dude and have, you know, three, four million dollars in dead cap space, which is what will happen if they cut him. But, I mean, the writing's well, on the I, wall for him. They've drafted I wide mean, receivers. Even if they trade him, you still have the dead money. Yeah, but at least they get a six-round pick, you know? We'd rather have that. I, I'd trade him for a six-round pick, even a seventh. You know, get something. Well, yeah, I mean, you never know in the draft, right? Tom Brady was pick 199. Yeah. But Terry Terry McLaurin, I'm telling you, that's my sleeper. I feel like he's going to have uh, – I'm going to go with he's going to have 850 yards and uh, five touchdowns. Yeah, that's, that's a deep sleeper there, my friend. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, like, I'm liking to uh, – you know, I don't want to pull some, uh, some slightly awakers. Well, uh, dude, mine's – Mine was pretty deep. Yeah, it wasn't nearly as deep as Terry McLaurin, but it, I, I'll give you that. I think I do like that pick. I do like the, you know, I do like that pick. I, I feel like he's going to be. I think he can be a thousand yard receiver this year. I th- yeah, I think he, he had eleven touchdowns last year. I think he's going to have, you know, eighty five catches, twelve hundred yards, and and double digit touchdowns again. So he'll be a top ten receiver this year. Yeah. So was that really a sleeper? He had eleven TDs last year. He, I'm looking at the rankings. He's, he's wide receiver 36 right now. So okay. if he's top 10, yeah, that's a sleeper. So he's he's very undervalued. Yes. All right, who you got for your uh, second sleeper? Oh, let's go here. I don't know. What's it? Uh... I got one here. Uh, all right, let's hear another one. So this is a guy. That from week 12 to the end of the season last year, uh-huh. he was the number one scoring quarterback. Number one okay. scoring quarterback for, for uh, fantasy purposes. Uh, he plays in a city that people don't talk about. <laughs> okay. He doesn't have a ton of uh, weapons, although he All did right. just, he did just get a new shiny one. Um, and he's, I think he's really undervalued. I think he could be a top 10 QB, but 
he's I think he's largely being undrafted in fantasy. And I'm gonna go. This is another deep one, but Josh Allen. For who the, is his shiny new weapon? It's who's who's his shiny new weapon? Cowboys fan. Uh, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Yeah. They're they're game planning around Cole Beasley being a yeah. you know uh, uh, a safety valve for him. You know they're putting a lot of quick you know you know one step catch and release type passes into their offense to get Cole Beasley in there and to get to get Allen in a rhythm. Um, a lot of people talk about the fact that Allen didn't have a very high completion percentage and accuracy and blah blah blah, but they don't talk about the fact that on twenty percent of his throws last year they're deep. 20% yeah. of his passes were deep passes last year. 20%, that's high. So yeah, when you have yeah. 20% of your passes as deep balls, you're not going to complete a ton, right. especially when you don't yeah. have, you know. Oh, I like that. I like that. He, he's looked good. I mean, he looked good against the Panthers, too, in the preseason a few weeks ago. And that was against, I mean, they didn't play, but the rest of them were starters. And he was, he was torched him. I mean, like 10 for 12 or something like that. Yep, I the like old- that pick. And they have they have John Brown to stretch the field. So yep, they have Josh Allen who can throw a million yards and someone who can run it down. So I think that might be a good match there. So maybe that's a sleeper sleeper wide receiver for you, real deep sleeper. There you go. Is that your second sleeper? Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> let's go with Snow. All right, I like it. So so you got uh, Zeke. If he's if he signs as being your number one fantasy player, yep, doesn't have to be scoring player, but he's your number one draft pick because let's face it, quarterbacks are going to score, you know, a ton of points. But they, you know, we'll talk about that a, bit, a little bit actually. Um, what do you think about guys who take quarterbacks in the first round? I think that's horrible. I do too. I think that there is such a great value to be had in later rounds that you know the difference between taking a you know quarterback in the first round let's say you take uh Aaron Rodgers or Cam Newton or Mahomes or you know any of these other guys that people are high on I mean obviously Mahomes is going to be the first quarterback taken but the 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 gap between like a Mahomes in the first round or you know, you sandbag and sandbag, and a lot of people are sandbagging now. I mean, I think people are are yeah, getting wise to it. But you know, last year there was guys like uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson went in like the tenth round. You know, well, I mean, to use last year as an example, people were just taking a flyer on Mahomes late in the draft. Yeah, you know, like like QB twos. Yep, exactly. Yeah, he was a backup in in. Both of the leagues that I was in, he was the backup, and he obviously ended up being the starter. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there's there's so much value to be had, and even even Josh Allen, like I said, from week twelve, which we're not talking like the last two weeks of the season, from week twelve to the end of the season, he was the number one fantasy quarterback. Yeah, that's insane. And, and the thing like is, so athletic, you don't expect it, but. That right. hurdle over uh, Anthony Barr last year—that was insane. Well, he's huge. He's freaking huge. Yeah, I think he's like six five, like two forty or something like that. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite draft commentators was Mike Mayock, 
and he he really nailed it. Like he's like people are gonna laugh at me for saying this, but I am comparing him to Cam Newton yeah. in terms of like athleticism, size, arm strength. And yeah. it was dude, it was really spot on. It is spot on. He's he's Cam Newton. They're very, very similar. Um I think he's got a stronger arm than Cam Newton ever had. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um he I don't think he's as strong of a runner as Cam Newton as far as power is concerned. Well, and speed. Um, I don't know. He's pretty fast. Cam Newton's not really that fast. I feel like... I mean, I think Cam ran a 4.5 and Alan was like a 4.6 something. Oh, really? Cam's faster, but a 4.6 quarterback's still pretty fast. Right. So... Yeah, I like it. I like it. Anything else yeah. for fantasy? What do you What do you thinking? Uh, what do you thinking as far as uh, top wide receiver? Who do you think the top wide receiver is going to be this year? Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with Hopkins. He's just so good. He is. But the issue is like the with the Texans. Watson likes to hold the ball, and their lines aren't very good. What do you What do you thinking? Uh, what do you thinking as far as? Uh, Top wide receiver. Who do you think the top wide receiver is going to be this year? Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with Hopkins. He's just so good. He is. But the issue is, like, the, with the Texans, Watson likes to hold the ball and their lines aren't very good. And really, I mean, Will Fuller shows so much potential every year, but I swear he's out by week four. Yep. Every single year. But those first three weeks, he lights it up every single year. He so does. I like, I like Hopkins probably number two. See, with me, like Julio is great at the end of the year in terms of numbers, but he he can lay a stinker on you at any point, and that that could be the difference in the playoffs. I try to, I try to avoid. Julio, which sounds crazy, but to me, like, you need consistency, especially from those high picks where they're going to, you know, they're going to produce every week. Right. He's also an injury risk. Right. He seems to be banged up all the time. Yeah. And he's been around for a little while. Yeah. I think he's 31 now. So yeah. He's getting, getting up there. So. But yeah, like, I, I would rather have. Uh, Adams over Julio any day because you know he's going to produce and he's got a quarterback that's going to throw him the ball. Yep. Um, so it's probably Hopkins and Adams as my top two. Yep. Adams Adams would be my, my number two also. I had him last year in that same, same league I had Zeke um, which worked out pretty well for me. Yeah, I, I, did. I, I feel like the, the greatest thing about Adams is it was like every week you could count on him to score a touchdown. Yeah, he scores touchdowns. He's like and, he's and like that's just one thing that Julio does not do is score touchdowns. I know, and it's so strange. It's so strange that he he doesn't score touchdowns with that much regularity. And I don't know if it's just because um, when they get down into the red zone, they like to run the ball or they like to throw to tight ends or what it is. But it seems like you know what it, Ridley had like what three times as many touchdowns as Julio. I mean, I, I'm I'm just kind of pulling that out of my ass. I'm not sure if it was three times as many, but. I feel like he had quite a few more. You're probably, I mean, you're probably right. I don't. I think Julio only had like three or four touchdowns, so it's not hard to get three times really. Right. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, the wide receiver position is really deep also. Um, wide receiver is very deep. I mean, I, there's a few people that you can get later that I think are really going to improve on the numbers from last year. Uh, another one, uh, one more pick a little bit, uh, Michael Gallup. I think he's going to have a really good year this year. He's going to see a lot of single coverage. Him and Zach have really worked on their chemistry. Like, there was probably four or five games last year where he was wide open on a go route that yeah. would have been an easy walk-in touchdown and Dak just missed him. So, I mean, just that alone, you're looking at four or 500 more yards and he had, he had 500 as a rookie. So, I mean, you add that up and you're, you're pushing close to a thousand right there. Yeah. So every single year there's, there's a guy that I like target, um, and I'm like, this is my guy that I want to get. And I, and I try to make sure I get him in every league. And um, I don't know who my guy is this year. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because, you know, because we have a draft coming up. Or am I? Or am I? Or are we going to talk about this after the draft? <laughs> who, yeah. who, who my guy is? You know, uh, we haven't really hit on tight ends. Yeah. Do you think that uh, Kittle's going to be as good as last year? I don't. I don't think he's going to be as good as last year. Um, I feel like it, that it last year was just insane, insane. Yeah. I mean, he was their offense. He was. He did. And none of that was with, was with Garoppolo. Also, right. And I mean, I mean, I don't know. I guess. Honestly, week one's going to be a very telling thing in how much he targets, how much Garoppolo targets him, because, you know, that all happened without him, you know? Yeah. So what kind of chemistry is there going to be with Garoppolo? Is is it going to be that kind of thing? Um, I do feel like they're going to be playing from behind a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Kyle, Han- Kyle Shanahan is, you know, he's a great offensive mind, and I feel like, um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna do some things on offense, even though they they don't they don't have the most talented roster on that side of the ball. But you know, I don't know. I don't think he's gonna be as good as last year. I think he takes a step back. I could see him having you know probably two hundred less yards. I don't see him being that guy. Um, the tight end position this year is kind of strange, to be honest. You know, it's the first year in a long time we don't have a guy at the top like Gronk. You know, yeah. we, don't, we don't. There's no Gronk. Um, you know, you have Kelsey, uh, Kelsey's kind of taken over that mantle from Gronk. Yeah. Um, and obviously Kelsey's, you know, playing with Mahomes. So that's well, a double whammy. You really have a, what I've been seeing in the drafts and I've done a few mock drafts, which is something I've done for the first time this year is you really have three that go in like the top three rounds and then it just falls off for a while. That's kind of how it is almost every year though. Tight end. So we talk about positions that are really deep and, and tight end is always the most shallow position. It seems like the top two, three are leaps and bounds ahead of, you know, the second tier. The second tier is like garbage compared to, you know, the top tier. Um, like you have Kelsey up there, um, Ertz. Ertz, you can say Kittle, um, if he repeats, but I feel like he's kind of a wild card. I, I wouldn't really put him in that top tier because 
you don't know if he's going to be that same guy this year. Yeah, I, but someone's going to take him that high. Just oh yeah, somebody for sure. He's going to be he's going to be picked like a like a top tier. He he might even go ahead of Ertz. Um, yeah, you know I could see that happening. But to me, full punt PPR. I I like Ertz because him and Wentz just yeah. Um, Wentz loves Ertz. Thing is yep. though, when Wentz gets hurt, which you know. <laughs> When I heard yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Ertz drops off anytime. Anytime Wentz gets hurt, Ertz drops yeah. off. But when Wentz is in there, because they're best buds, they love each oh, other. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they. I bet they spoon during the regular season. I, you know, I I'm sure they do. But yeah, they they love each other. But I don't know that second tier. You know, when you start getting into like Hunter Henry and yeah, you know, He's my guy. He's the guy I kind of want in the tight end market this year. It's Hunter. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Hunter Henry. I, I especially like him because Philip Rivers likes to throw to tight ends. You know, he's been doing it his whole career. Um, yep. And Hunter Henry's kind of been a guy that we've been talking about for several years now as like, all right, he's going to take it over. He's going to take it over. He's going to take it over. But then you you just kind of have Gates just kind of keep weaseling his way back in there and taking those well, targets away. I think he really would have done it last year, but he, he had an uh, injury. That kept him out. I think it was Tony ACL, which he almost came back from towards the end of the year. But I think that this is probably the year. I don't even think Gates is on the team. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's Hunter or it's nobody at this point. So, one of the guys that I think is is undervalued, and we I kind of talked to him, talked a little bit about him earlier. Um, he had a great year last year. I had him on, you know, my fantasy team. Um you know, same roster I was talking to you about. Um, and he killed it for me. And I got him super late. I mean, this is like one of the last tight ends picked. And he's a guy that he's one of those freak athletes that people have been talking about for a long time. Oh, he's going to tear it up. He's going to tear it up. He's going to tear it up. He was with the Rams. who He's going to kill it. He was with the Packers. Always going to kill it. He was with, you know, um, you know, finally he went to, to the Raiders and he actually kind of realized his potential last year. And that's Jared Cook. Um, but he's still, I think he's undervalued. I mean, yeah. looking at rankings, he's three, four, five, six. He's the seventh ranked uh, tight end. I mean, I, I I see him as being at least top five, you know, yeah. um, especially when you're playing with Drew Brees. You know, right. the tight end is is Drew Brees' best friend when he's got a guy that's that's worth a darn. You know, oh, and when they're going to be paying so much attention to Kamara, right? And and Michael Thomas, yeah, yeah. Michael Thomas, actually, that's funny you bring him up. We were talking about the best receivers out there. We didn't even bring him yeah. up. That's that's tough. Which, actually, yeah, we said crazy, you, you talk about someone who never drops anything. No, he that doesn't. Man never drops anything. Yeah, and he got paid too, and he deserved it. That guy is an animal. Yeah. He he literally yeah, like everything everything that was thrown at him was gonna be a catch. He catches like ninety something percent of his targets. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. Just throw it to him every time. Right. <laughs> You're gonna catch ninety percent of his targets. Just throw it to him every time. I mean, obviously that's that that would never work, but you know, throw it to him more yeah. though. Throw it to him more. Um, another guy that I like, um, I think he's gonna think he's going to break out a little bit more as OJ Howard. I think that he's somebody that has kind of been starting to poke through that, that, you know, I think he's probably in like the third tier I would say before, but I think he's poking through there and 
I think he could be potentially this year's George Kittle. Yeah, oh, I can see that. I mean, he's he's insanely talented. Really, with him, it's it's like any Tampa Bay player. It's comes down to Jameis. I mean, if Jameis would ever put it together, then then yeah, I, that team could be pretty good. But I don't see that happening. Is the problem right? So what about uh, the running back position? What do you got? What do you got there as far as I mean? We talked about the top part, but everybody knows those guys. You got any guy, uh, any guy lower down that maybe maybe people aren't thinking about, or somebody that's coming back that you think is going to tear it up, or something like that. You got anything there? Yeah, no, I think that um, someone no one's really talking about and probably going to get a lot of touches and they are good at using their running backs because uh, Kyle Shanahan loves running backs. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about because I was just going to bring him up. Is Tevin Coleman? Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, he was kind of in Freeman's shadow the last few years in, in Atlanta and now they're going to need to be the so I think that I think that he's going to be someone who outplays his draft position by a lot. Yep. No, I, I totally agree. I think he's I think he's going to be the guy there. Um, I never really got the whole, uh, I guess, um, I never got the whole appeal of uh, what's the guy that they got there? They signed free agency. Uh, from from uh, I'm drawing a blank right now from from, uh, from Minnesota? Minnesota, yeah, yeah, McKinnon. Yes, I never, I never really got the whole, you know, them billing him up to be some three down back and he's going to carry the load. He was yeah. never good with Minnesota, and Minnesota yeah. had great talent around him. And you know, whenever Adrian Peterson went down, and they're like, oh, okay, McKinnon's going to, he didn't do jack shit. Yeah, I mean, and they paid him a lot of money too. And yeah. he he tore an ACL, and he's still not back. Right. So I don't. I think they, they definitely have some buyer's remorse there, if I had to guess. But um, yeah, I think that Coleman is going to have a, a very good year there. I agree. I, I think a lot Shanahan, of people, dude. You look at what Shanahan did in Atlanta yep. with Freeman and, and Coleman there before, right, and they were they were awesome. I agree, and I think you know a lot of people are thinking, "Oh, well, that's going to be Coleman and uh, McKinnon," but I actually think it's going to be Coleman and Breida. Breida, yeah, yeah, Breida's really good. He is, and I feel like Breida is the biggest competition for Coleman, not McKinnon. And well, everybody's McKinnon, talking about McKinnon's hurt. Yeah, well, he's he's hurt, but you know he was their their prize possession last year, and when he went right. down, they're like, "Oh, they're just, you know they're screwed and all that." It's like this dude didn't do anything. Like in his career, he's he's never yeah. been a a you know a bell cow running back, and they signed him to be one. But, um, yeah. but that's just not something that I see either. I, I don't either, and I don't I don't get that. I don't get it. Um, so what do you think is going to happen in Buffalo? Because they they have like five running backs on their team. I don't know. Um, do you think Shady's going to get cut? I don't think he's going to get cut. I feel like I feel like. Uh, I don't know. That's not a Bills move. Um, 
that's not how the Bills kind of operate. Now, if he was with the Patriots, I feel like he'd get cut. Yeah. Um, he probably would have been cut two years ago with the Patriots. But um, the Bills don't really do that, you know. They don't do that with their guys. You know, you look around, look at, you know, their guys and how long they keep them, you know, especially fan favorites like that. Um, I don't think he gets cut. I think he's still on the team. I, I feel like he's going to, you know, he's going to start to play second fiddle to some of their younger guys. But um, Yeah, Singletary's looked good for them. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him getting cut though. Um, one guy that I'm going to, I'm going to bring up uh, and I think he's going to have tons of value this year, especially in PPR leagues. Um, he's, he's, you know, fresh to a brand new team, um, is Duke Johnson. Oh yeah. He's number one now. Yeah. Duke Johnson, I think is going to be, you know, I think he's greatly undervalued, um, not just because of the injury. I felt like before the injury, he, he was going to be scoring a lot of points in PPR. Yeah. PPR specifically. You know, yeah. if it's not I mean, PPR, I, it's... I've really never seen him, like, carry the ball all that much. Right. So that'll be interesting to see how he is as an actual running back instead of just a weapon out of the backfield. So I'm curious to see how that goes with him. But then again, if, if Houston's going to be throwing a lot because of line issues then that'll be that's a great great asset for them yeah who do you think's gonna end up being the uh the eagles the eagles go-to guy uh i think it'll start out as being howard but then it'll be that dude out of penn state sanders yeah yeah he's he's somebody that i'm way more concerned about than howard i feel like uh, the best thing for the rest of us in the league, in the division, is if the Eagles decide to stick with Howard. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, he, he's like a little Saquon, you know? Like, yeah. He kind of modeled his game after Saquon because right. he was right before him in, in the pecking order. And I think he's going to be good. And I don't like that. No, I don't like it at all. The Eagles have a lot of talent, as much as I hate to say it, and their GM just keeps loading up. He's dude. I don't. I I get on overthecap.com sometimes, and I I look at like what they do. It's kind of like it's kind of a shady move, but I don't know why teams don't. More teams don't do it. Is they'll add like two or three just voided years onto it and have back-end salary that they know will just never be there. And that's how they keep the cap numbers low. See, that's, that's you know, it's not shady if it's within the rules. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, it's just, it's a tactic that not a lot of teams use. Because, I mean, eventually, you're going to have to pay the piper you know like right those those voidable years are gonna come back at some point in time but if you have a young team that is uh has a window of three or four years then i it makes a lot of sense to try to just load up as much as you can sure yeah so that's kind of like one of those tactics that is it's within the rules but it's you know and it's and it's smart because within the rules what what kind of makes me angry do you remember back when um both the Redskins and Cowboys took advantage of it because there was a loophole in an uncapped year. And oh, yeah. and both the Redskins and the Cowboys front-loaded all of their 
their guaranteed yeah, money the into that year. Um, and there was no rule against it. Right. Well, on paper. Exactly. Well, rules are on paper. You can, right. you can, you know, you can say things all you want, like, oh, it's an unwritten rule that, uh, you know, when you hit a home run, you don't, you don't bat flip and pimp it. Um, but let's face it, you hit a home run, you can bat flip and pimp it. You know, it's an unwritten rule. You could do it. And that's one of those things is like, um, I thought that was genius on both the Redskins yeah. and Cowboys part, but, but they both got penalized really heavily for that. And that really, you know, hurt them in those years. What was the hit that they ended up having to take for that? Do you remember? It was significant. Uh, I, think, I think the Redskins was worse because they signed Albert Hainsworth that year. Um, well, yeah, they front loaded all his stuff. They, yeah, that's how they, they got rid like of his contract. That's yeah, that's how they got rid of his contract. Is they put it all, and they uh, they also did that with um, uh, Hall's contract too, because he had a lot of guaranteed money, and they basically put it all into that as well. Oh, okay, yeah. So I think the Redskins was like twenty five or thirty million, something like that, and the Cowboys was in the fifteen range. So that's crazy. That's yeah. like that's two in that time period. That's two elite players. Right. You know? Yeah, no, that was bullcrap. I agree. But, I mean, apparently the owners had a agreement that they wouldn't do that. And really, it wasn't. It was really just because not all the owners had the pockets in order to do it. You know? Like, there's there's cash-rich teams and there's cash-poor teams. Right. And the, the cash-rich teams, the Cowboys, the Redskins, you know, they're the ones that took advantage of it. And not everyone could because they didn't have billions in, in capital available to them, you know? Right. So what do you think about, um, what do you think about the, uh, the Redskins running back situation? Uh, I think, I think Dice is going to be good as long as you can stay healthy. Who do you think? Peterson, Peterson will probably get the start week one, but, I think that'll be flipped to guys pretty quick. And then uh, Thompson on the backfield's a weapon. Right. So this is going to be, you know, kind of, kind of funny that I say this, but um, if I was given fantasy advice, I would tell people to shy away from Adrian Peterson and Darius guys. And it's not because I don't think that they're good or that they're going to put up points. Cause I think they're both going to put up points. Yeah. It's just going to be when, is one going to put up the points and when is the other right. one? It's, it's going to be a hot hand situation. Yeah, it's going to be yeah split. Yeah. It's going to be a hot hand situation. And, and that is something like, like that's why I don't take any Patriots running backs, yeah. uh, you know, because it's, it's so hard to guess. What it is. Gonna do week to week. And it's the worst thing in fantasy when you're like, all right, well, and it was the, like Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson is, is very typical for this. He will have a game where he'll, Freaking have 200 yards and two, you know, he catches two freaking 60, 70 yard touchdowns. And, you know, the very next week he catches one ball for six yards. Yeah. You know, it's one of those situations. So if, if you're looking to draft any of the Redskins running backs, I'd go with Thompson in a PPR league late. He's the guy I'd take out of all three of those, because I feel like he's the one you can bank on to have points. I would generally just try to shy away from any, like, our BBCs, if you can, right? I mean, but in yeah, this in this day and age, that's the one that's going to catch the ball the most. 
Yeah, in this day and age, that's impossible because so many so many teams are are moving towards the running back by committee route. But um, I don't know, man. So who do you think is going to lead the league in rushing? I mean, obviously, besides Zeke, if he comes back, let's say <laughs> let's say that. Um, let's take Zeke out of the equation. Who do you th- who do you think is going to lead the league? Is it going to be a predictable guy? Or you think somebody's going to come out and do it? Uh, who's going to lead the league in rushing? I mean, really, you got to look at who's going to be committed to the run. And are you talking uh, away from the phone now? I no. Right. Oh, there you go. That's better. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I you really just got to determine who is going to be committed to the run and who's going to have a bell cow kind of guy. Like, you know who I want to say? I want to say, like, a Nick Chubb. But the thing about him is you don't know what's going to happen when Kareem Hunt comes back in yeah. week nine. Yeah. You know, if it, was, if it was Chubb and they didn't have Hunt, then I would be pretty confident in that statement. Right. Because... Because they're going to run the ball. Kitchens was a running back coach before he got the head coaching job. So he's going to want to run the ball to take pressure off Baker in his second year and to, to open up those, those balls to the other guys down the field. So I think that Chubb would be a good pick. Uh, who else would I say? Uh, you know who's going to be pretty good also, and they're extremely committed to the run, is I think Chris Carson's going to have a big year too. Yeah, I think he will too. They're very, very committed to the run. They don't have any receivers. Um, I think he's going to do a good job. I also think that the fact that they don't have any receivers is going to work against him, though, because people are going to stack the box against them. Um, Having, you know, Wilson as a mobile quarterback and somebody that can run, that's going to help him. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're nobody ran more than them last year. I feel like they're going to, they might even run more this year than last year. Um, I think for me, uh, this is a little bit of a bold prediction, but I think if he stays healthy and plays a full t- 16 games, I think Delvin cook leads the league in rushing. No, that's a, that's a good call. Yeah. I think that, he, I mean, with him though, it's like Minnesota's had line issues forever, and they keep trying to plug the the holes on the line, and then just new new leaks kind of appear out of nowhere. So if they have a line, and they've, they've used some picks, like I think they got what Bradbury out of NC State in the first round, and they keep trying to fix it. So if they, if they hit on some of these linemen and give him any holes whatsoever, I think that's a good call. Yeah. He has game breaking ability. He does. He's a guy that, I mean, he did, he just did it in his last preseason game. What he carried it twice yeah. and, you know, busted yeah. one. He's, he's yeah. a guy that can take it to the house at any point in time. Right. Like I'd say, you know, of the, the guys in the league, you know, is that are running backs, the home run hitters. Um, he's right up there with, with uh, Saquon, with Todd Gurley, you know, with those guys as far as somebody that if they get a, just a little bit of daylight, they could be gone. Yeah. The thing with them yeah. is no, that's a good point. I think I think they're going to be playing ahead a lot. Um, so I think they're going to be running the ball when they get ahead. Um, I think the fact that 
they have such great receivers is going to keep teams from stacking the box. They're going to have to play back. They're going to have to be in nickel packages and dime. And, you know, they're going to have to have those DBs back there. And, you know, they're not, you know, let's face it, DBs don't want to, don't want to tackle running backs. So, um, I don't know. The biggest thing with him is his health. I think if he puts together a full 16 game season, I can see him leading the league in rushing. So that's my guy. Yeah. No, I like it. I like your pick. Well, all right. I think we're going to end it now. If that's cool with you. Yep. That is cool. My friend. All right. Let's do it. We got, we got a, a lot of good stuff here. A lot of predictions. I'm, it's going to be really interesting, uh, at the end of the year, see, see how some of these pan out and we'll revisit them. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I like I like the idea of putting it out there because, I mean, you really never know, especially in the NFL. There's, every team is so close to each other with a few outliers, but, like, anything can really happen, and injuries are the ultimate equalizer, so. Definitely. Uh, and there's, It's, it's going to be interesting to see, and I'm excited for this season. Yep. Really excited for this season. So, Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Um, we're going to have more stuff for you. We're going to be posting weekly. Um, and next week, you know, we'll have uh, we'll have the draft to talk about because our draft is coming up this weekend. So we're going to have we're going to have some draft results. We're going to talk about our teams here and uh, who we got and um, going from there and, you know, our outlook. Maybe maybe we'll talk some trades. We'll see if we can. There you go. Maybe we'll talk some trades, you know, some pre preseason trades, you know, um, that'll be fun. Maybe and maybe there'll be some surprise cuts or some big trades that go down over the course of this week. That very very well happen. Absolutely. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, Be sure to subscribe and tune in next week when we talk about our our draft and how that panned out. And we'll see you then.